Hey everybody, Cruz here, host of the Nakama Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about our new sister show, The Anime Dispatch, your source for anime news in a bite-sized package. With at least one new episode a week, I'm giving you the rundown on all the latest in anime and manga. It's already available on all major audio streaming services, as well as on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look for The Anime Dispatch and click that subscribe button. Now, on to the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Nakama Podcast. I'm your host, Sal. Unfortunately, both Cruz and Peralta aren't here. Cruz is skydiving into shark-infested water to scuba dive, and Peralta's in Sicily, which is in the middle of Italy. But I'm here with our guest, Kylie. She is our first over-the-phone guest. So if it sounds a little bit weird, it's because this is the first time. Most of the time, we've always had guests in person, so we can see the person, and if they ever say anything, we can just find it out this time i can't because i can't punch through the phone you know to, <laughs> to get to you kylie all right well hopefully i don't say anything that would make you want to punch me through the phone and uh me and you met at crunchyroll 2022 uh crunchyroll yeah. expo here in san jose california who were you dressed as i was dressed as fizzarelli from halubaba yeah, I had no clue what that was until you said it. And then like afterwards when I was looking at the video and I was like, oh, that's who she is. Yeah. Did you watch the show? No, I just looked it up to see who it was because Cruz was the one that pointed it out that he's like, oh, that's that's the character from this show. And then I was like, which show? And then he showed me and I was like, I've been on the Internet too long that I've seen more inappropriate stuff of this show than appropriate stuff for this show. You are correct. This yeah. Show is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but um, it was cool. How did you like Crunchyroll overall? I think I caught you on the second day, right? Yeah, it was the third day. The third day I was wearing Fizzarelli. Um, I enjoyed it. I had a really great time. I unfortunately couldn't get into any of the previews for any of the like anime shows because those lines were horrendous. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get the Mob Psycho season three or the Blue Lock premiere, but it's all good. Because, you know, I really enjoyed Control and I really enjoyed meeting you guys. I got to talk to a lot of awesome people that day, which was really fun. So Yeah, same. I definitely feel like most of the people they interviewed, I remember pretty well. You more than the rest because your outfit was very bright. Everyone else's yeah. outfit, you know, pretty normal colors, but yours, you're pretty hard to yeah. miss. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of making that outfit was just going to Joanne and different fabric stores and getting to see like all of the different like neon fabrics and picking the ones that I wanted to use. Yeah, that's actually one of the questions that uh, Peralta was going to ask you. She was here was, do you make your own outfits? I, I do. Um, that was my first cosplay that I had made completely from scratch. A lot of the other ones that I've done are like, I've bought shirts. So I've bought different pants to like sew stuff onto. That was the first cosplay that every single thing besides like the boot was made by me. So, Whoa, you did a very yeah. good job for your first try, you know? <laughs> Thank you. I had a lot of help from Google and my twin sister who cosplayed, like started making cosplays a little bit before I did. Okay. So what got you into making cosplay? Ooh. What got me into making cosplay? That's a good question. Surprisingly, no one has ever asked me that question before. Oh, dang. Um, I feel like I Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. I don't know if it's because you get to dress up. I don't know if it's because it's socially acceptable to scare people. But it was always my favorite holiday. And the first time that I 
cosplayed. I'm going to call it cosplaying. It wasn't on Halloween. I don't really count Halloween as cosplaying. But the first time that I cosplayed was at the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie. Oh, yeah. I watched yeah, that one. My, uh, I was like, you know, we're going to this movie and I have Tanjiro's kimono. All I really have to do is draw the scar on my head. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And then after that, we went to Anamanga 2021 down in LA. And uh, that was like my first big convention. And I just fell in love with it. Okay. And uh, what you said that you went to go watch Demon Slayer, was that like something that you just wanted to do because you brought up how you like to dress up for Halloween, do you think there was something ex- like more to it, or you were just like, you know what, I'm just gonna do whatever? Well, it was partially like I kind of just wanted to do whatever. Part of it was like I had seen that some people had gone into cosplay in the movie, just like online. Like mm-hmm. I saw this really cool. I wish I remembered like their username, but I saw this really cool like uh, Nezuko cosplayer that had gone into the theaters to see the movie as Nezuko, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be really cool to do." And I was like, "I was like, if I enjoy watching the show and the characters, why not? Since I have the materials to do this, why not just do it and see how I feel about it?" Which is something I would totally recommend to anyone. Like, if you want to cosplay, if you want to try and see if you can do something, just do it. Because, like, what could go... Well, unless it's dangerous, then think about it a little bit. But if it's, like, harmless, just go for it. Because, like, what could go wrong? You don't like it, then you'll never have to do it again. Yeah. So, going off of what you said, what is something you would tell someone who wants to do it but they're like oh i'm not the right size i don't have the right hair i'm not the right skin tone so personally i'm a firm believer in cosplay is for everyone if you want to cosplay you should it's really great way to meet people and just be yourself or be another character that you really relate to or you really love as far as like helping getting someone helping someone like get over their fear of like I don't really like have the right body type or my hair doesn't look the same I feel as long as you're respectful obviously you're not an animated character Mm. you were not drawn by someone you are you and you're perfect so as long as you're respect if there's like culture and uh behind different like cosplays or hairs obviously don't change the way you look physically so don't like put on a fat suit or change your skin color just be you as the character you just have to be respectful about it i don't think anyone really is gonna care if you show up and you look different than the character but you're being respectful of another culture okay that's pretty solid advice what are some of the things you dislike about uh, cosplay or making cosplays really have a lot of dislikes about cosplay i really think it's something great i really think a lot more people should get into it making cosplays um i just get frustrated with myself sometimes because Mm -hmm. i like to make sure things look right and um when i finally get it and i was like even if it's not like show accurate which by the way you do not have to be show accurate at all when you're cosplaying if you want to add extra if you want to make it like your way you totally can you can totally make it look however you want because it's something that you made it's your creative ability so don't feel just pinned to like it has to look like the show but one of the things i kind of dislike about making cosplays is that a lot of people um after 
you finished it, sometimes they can be a little mean because it's not what they wanted out of the character. Yeah. And even though, you know, it's like not what you wanted to see, a lot of people that cosplay spend hours and hours and hours on what they're doing, even if they bought it. Like, even if someone bought a cosplay, which is totally valid, um, Mm -hmm. they probably still, they took the time to get the sizing right. And they took the time to style the wig and, like, put it on and show up and put themselves out there as this character. And I feel like a lot of people will just be very judgmental of people that make cosplays because everyone's human. Everyone makes mistakes, but a lot of people especially that I've never taken the time I've noticed to make a cosplay will be super judgmental yeah. of how it turns out. Yeah. I, I agree with that. For me, I feel like I respect everyone who makes it. The people who like just buy like a skin, like a skin tight, like onesie. I don't think it's a onesie, but you know, like the Spider-Man ones where it's just like super, super tight or like, I guess more, appropriate spider gwen those are the ones that i'm always kind of like eh like i try not to pay that much attention to because it's just like okay well you you bought something it's close you know it's what you paid for but i prefer to give my attention to the people who actually make it because there is time and energy you know sweat blood like you're saying being put into that compared to like oh you know i'm gonna go as iron man let me go buy a suit and then you know call it a day yeah that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, I just, I think all cosplay is valid. Um, mm-hmm. And the way you do it is perfectly fine. You want to, you know, comment on people that you can tell have put work in, and that's perfect. But a lot of people, which I'm assuming you don't, um, just because the way you phrased that last statement, a lot of people uh, will see those people that have just bought their cosplay, and they'll just, like, absolutely, like, dog on them. Like, they'll be like, oh, that, like, sucks. You didn't spend any time on it. You just bought it. You're not a real cosplayer. And that's not true because a lot of people starting out, even myself, I'm guilty, um, will buy a cosplay if they don't want to make three for a convention mm. or they don't have the time. So Yeah, I agree. I've never made a cosplay. I've always said, like, I'm going to do it and then just get too lazy and then not do it. They're actually doing something that they want to do compared to to me, who's just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it because either too lazy or unmotivated to actually take the steps. So, no, I agree with you what you're saying. Never too late to start making a cup. Like, even like I would even consider if you just showed up in like a monkey d luffy's hat like a straw hat Mm. he just showed up in that and like maybe had like a red shirt on those are called like closet cosplays and it's generally like a closet cosplay is something that you pulled out of your closet um Mm -hmm. didn't have to buy anything and you just made it look like the character and those are completely valid too so yeah i would yeah what is something that you want to cosplay as but either don't have enough time or not enough resources to know how to do oh let me think like you can choose your top three if you want you know take a second to think about it top three top three there's she's been in my plans for the longest amount of time um would be morgana from league of legends I initially was actually going to do her for the Crunchyroll convention, which the purple pant, uh, purple fabric, pardon me, purple fabric on the Fizzerali pants was actually mm-hmm. purple fabric I had purchased for Morgana's dress. I just, I didn't start her because she has like four sets of wings and 
as it being my first cosplay to like make all by myself, I didn't know if I would have enough time. I didn't know how to really attack that challenge. Mm-hmm. But now I've kind of got a little more experience under my belt. And so she's still up there on that list. There's a character called Mume from the show Cabinaria, the Iron Fortress. It's a really great show if you haven't seen it. No, I have kind not. Of made by the same people that made Attack on Titan, Mappa. And she's really cool. I've already like started thinking about ways I could do her. She's got like air canisters on the back of her. And I finished a like cylinder container of beef jerky sticks. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, well, I could just, un- I could paint it gold, unscrew the lid, and I could put like my wallet and stuff in there. So she's being planned currently. And then the third one would have to be uh, Cosette or Destiny from the show Chacked Off Destiny. I love music and her character design is just so amazing so uh which one is that one which tack is it is it the first one like the main girl which yeah 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 the one with the red dress right yeah yeah that anime was really good i I just started it and i saw it and i i saw the dress and i was like oh that's beautiful yeah we went over it and that was one that i really liked i have not gone around to finish it but the first episodes that we watched that was enough that i was like yep this is really really good i enjoy it i just have not gotten around back to finishing it up yeah that one would be nice to do mm-hmm. so some of these you're already working on is there any of them that you haven't started it because you don't think that uh you have the skills yet um so i actually haven't started on any of them for two reasons um i in my college dorm and it's kind of small and i didn't oh. bring my mm. sewing machine so right now what i've just been doing is Kind of hang on, pause. Uh, can you hear the marching band right now? No. Okay, that's good. Um, they just decided to randomly start playing outside my window. Okay, cool. Unpause. Um, right now, the um, most of what I've been doing is just like layouts. So planning a cosplay is really important. Um, there's an app called Cos Planner you can use, mm-hmm. um, and that really helps. Um, layout like budgeting and different things you can use my favorite thing to do when planning a cosplay is to look at what the materials like i would need what the outfit is and find stupid random household items that i could just totally repurpose because they're useless like a cylinder container of teriyaki sticks and make it into something which also really helps save money because then i'm not trying to buy foam and then make it cylinder and yeah it's pain in the butt since you're talking about making stuff uh what cosplay would you say taught you the most about so the cosplay that's probably the most about making outfits would have had to have been the physicality just because i made every part of that so mm-hmm. um, i got experience with working with dresses and doing hemlines and putting shoulder pads on it um making gloves making pants that one has given me the most experience making clothes wise mm-hmm. um as far as like just like what has given me the most experience learning things i totally have to give credit to my sundrop cosplay from Five Nights at Freddy's because I had to teach myself how to walk on jumping stilts for that cosplay. So I was on stilts for a whole day for that cosplay, which was super fun. But really? learning how to use stilts is kind of scary. Yeah, I was so about I to say. Start, started in my room and I would just use the ceiling as support. Mm-hmm. So if I ever felt like I was going to fall, I just kind of hold the ceiling. And then my twin sister and I, she was moon drop for that cosplay. So they're like the foils of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the stilts out to our local trail, like park trail, and we just went for it. Okay. <laughs> and 
it was pretty good practice we out there for a couple hours so you brought up your sister how does your family feel about you cosplaying or do they know um they do know so my mom she well she's she's really supportive uh, she's never made a comment like oh why do you do that you know blah 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 mm-hmm. um, she's really supportive all my family is really that's my good. they know i cosplay i worked at a laser tag a laser tag place for like two years mm-hmm. um so she really didn't mind me cosplaying because I was just using the money that I earned to make the cosplays. So they know I cosplay. My grandmother knows I cosplay. She, when I was at different conventions, would regularly ask how I did in um, cosplay contests. So she's really great. Yeah, my family's really supportive of me cosplaying. And for anyone whose family like isn't really supportive of them cosplaying, my best advice to you would be just to keep doing what you love. I I know it may seem hard. I had a friend who her dad really, really hated the fact that she cosplayed and would, like, threaten to break their stuff all the time. What the hell? So, yeah, it was really, really bad. So for anyone who happens to be going through that, well, my heart's out to you. You're really strong. So really just keep doing what you love. And if you ever, like, need any advice, I'm always open to talk. Yeah, um, Cruz brought up We've had another cosplayer before say that Cruz was bringing up that at the conventions. I've never seen them, but maybe you have. But there's like some people that go out there and they they don't really do anything inside the conventions, but they're just there to be like, oh, my zipper broke. Okay, here we can do this jerry rig to fix it, but just know now you can't you can't ever unzip it. And you know, like, oh, you're you know your pant leg ripped here. Here's a sewing kit. Sew it up. Have you ran across any of those? They're excellent people. Um, I love them. Personally, I have not run across any of them mm-hmm. because maybe because none of my cosplays have broke. But I always find a way to incorporate within my cosplay a little tool set, mm-hmm. which may include zip ties, duct tape, lifesavers, by the way, um, safety pins, sewing needles, super glue, like a small container. Mm-hmm. Um, and my proudest moment of that, of a little place to put all that, was for my stocking anarchy cosplay. The plushie that I was holding has a zipper in the back. All of it was just stuffed into the plushie. It was oh, so dang. funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, there are cause parents that go out there and they'll just be there to help fix cosplays, which I think is really, really important and really, really yeah. special because someone's cosplay breaks, you know, that's really, that's really sad because especially spent a lot of time on it, you know, for whatever reason, if it breaks, if you like bump into someone or, you know, it just got snagged and that having people there who just know that you spent a lot of time on it and care enough to help you fix it. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. It takes a special person to be out there and be like, yeah, I'll spend 10 hours in a spot just helping people out and not really getting anything out of it other than being a good person. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I also think they kind of like to see everyone's different cosplays. Yeah, because when I was interviewing you guys, uh, there was a lot of interesting cosplays. I had a katana, a katana man from Chainsaw Man, and it was just like, damn, bro. And there, there, well, there was a lot of Chainsaw Mans at Crunchyroll this year, and some of them were really, really, really good. Like it's just like, dang, how long did it take you just to do that one arm? Oh, yeah. Let alone the, the other two with the head. Oh, yeah. And then um, oh, to wrap up the 
this uh, cosplay section, what would be one person from the cosplaying community that you would love to either work with, help make an outfit, or be part of a set with them? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, There's so many good cosplayers, but there's just one cosplayer I absolutely admire their videos on TikTok. It's Love Bunny Cosplays. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a lot of Mario lore and their Rosalina and King Boo are just absolutely phenomenal. And I absolutely adore all of the lore they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I feel like just meeting them would be enough. I don't yeah. really, you know, have to work on a project or anything with them, but just like, just getting to like meet someone that you've seen do so many like absolutely flawless, in my opinion, cosplays. I'm sure there's flaws, but I don't see them. I'm blind to that. So <laughs> uh, it, it would just, it would be really cool. Yeah, I think like the only big cosplayers that I know is uh, Vampy Bit Me because she's always involved in the judging. Oh, yeah. And uh, I always mispronounce her name. She does a lot of Monster Hunter ones. Konomi, Kioni. Cruz will edit it and say it right because he knows which one I'm talking about. Sal's referring to Kamui Cosplay. It's a cosplay team made up of Svetlana and Benny, and they do a bunch of really great cosplay content. So check them out on YouTube and buy their books. But she, yeah. yeah, but she does a lot of Monster Hunter ones, and that's those are the cosplays that no matter what I will always like is the, the Monster Hunter ones, but that's just because I really like the Monster Hunter game. So yeah. even if it's just, like you were saying earlier, like a Kha'Zix cosplay, it's like if I could recognize that's for Monster Hunter, it's like, all right, bro, or girl, you you win. Nice. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show so far, consider joining the community on Patreon. Patreon community members get access to episodes earlier and uncut. Members also get access to videos ahead of their release, Patreon-exclusive bonus shows, and special roles in our Discord community, where they can suggest upcoming content and join the conversation after each episode airs. And of course, we'd love to shout you out with our other patrons on the show. And if you can't support the show on Patreon, no worries. Just leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and maybe write a few kind words. Spreading the word on social media is also a big help. Now, back to the show. So now with that, we're going to talk about the, the animes. We're going to be yeah. starting off with uh, with Blue Lock. I, Blue Lock. Yeah, this is the one that you chose, which I knew we were going to do at some point. I wasn't expecting it to do it this early, but I'm glad we did. This one I really liked. It is about uh, this main character. I forgot to write their names down, so that's on me. But you got a main character who is playing in a high school soccer team. They're in high school, right? I think so. I think they're in high school. The anime starts off with they're about to they're in a tournament to see about going into the nationals and he's lining it up to make the shot, but one of his teammates is like, yo, I'm open, pass it over here and he feels like oh well i don't want to pass it but you know there's no i in team so he passes it to his teammate and his teammate whiffs it and causes in the game and you know from there he just he doesn't feel bad in front of all the others until he starts to go home and then that's when he starts to break down and he's like damn it i should have took the shot my life could have been different if i took the shot and then he gets home gets a letter in the mail saying that he's been invited to blue lock which he ends up going the next day and uh the opposing team the guy that scored the goal meets him there and it's like oh you're the guy from yesterday uh that was a really good game i wonder what this is about they end up finding out that those two with 298 other players are going to be competing to be the best striker i don't know 
that if that's mm-hmm. just like the person that makes the goals in soccer because I don't want I don't watch soccer. But uh, it's a nice take on the soccer genre because the guy who's conducting this like experiment is saying like, yeah, screw that noise about teamwork. This is no team. Only one person gets this. Whoever's the best out of you, three hundred is going to be the one that can go on to join the national Japanese soccer team and then the rest of the episodes two and three is just the main character trying to forget to work as a team and to look out for number one and you know try to take down other people so he can not get kicked out overall I like this one a lot I was not expecting the dark shift in tone for this anime because a lot of these sports animes are typically you know the main character is already like a ball hog and he needs to learn to like pass the ball you know set up someone else he's not the you know the main protagonist in the soccer team while this anime it's like no screw that noise you are the main protagonist you better be making these shots everyone else can take a hike yeah i feel like it wasn't what i was expecting to be honest i was yeah. expecting i have seen haiku but mm. like um i've seen so many clips of it it's like oh yeah we're gonna use the power of friendship which that's kind of what i was like oh it's gonna be like the power of friendship soccer version and they're gonna have all these teams they gotta beat and like different people are gonna get like hurt and stuff and then we like actually get into the show and one of them gets a ball kicked in their face and it's right. like oh Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this one is not like the other ones where again it is teamwork makes the dream work it's no it's, it's who someone is the best of the best and that's the only person that gets to move on yeah it's, it's definitely different i guess i wasn't expecting the whole blue lock aspect of it like the mm-hmm. establishment being named the blue lock and it be a competition to be the best same um so that was really it was I liked it. I liked the first two episodes. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Um, I I agree. Peralta really likes the sports anime, so I'm curious to see what she said, because even though Cruz and Peralta aren't here, I asked them to watch the anime still and then send me what they're going to say. So later on, we'll yeah. hear what they're going to say. But yeah, no, this is one right from the get-go that I saw the darker shift in tone where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to continue watching this one because I do like the darker animes where it's just like, yeah, not every Everything is sunshines and rainbows. Yeah. The one guy that... I'm so bad with names. I apologize. Not same. The, the one character that had the monster inside of him too. Yeah. The, the guy uh, with the blonded tips. Yeah. I really liked him as a character. Just because he understood that he was there to become the best striker. But like even... In the third episode, when they were doing that match with the other team, he wasn't, like, afraid to work with someone, even if it meant he could get eliminated. Yeah. And I low-key think he brings out the best in Isagai, because without him, there wouldn't have been that monster revealed as often. And mm-hmm. they practiced together, so I'm really excited to see where those two specifically go. Yeah, I agree. He definitely, he's the rival slash friend that a lot of people need because um, I have a couple of people that I know in real life where it's just like, you need some extra motivation, but I either don't have the time or really like the patience to bring that out of them. But uh, everyone needs one of those guys. I would, I don't know about, you know, releasing a monster because, you know, this is real life and real life, uh, the dream teamwork does 
do make the dream work. So in that, in the yeah. normal setting, I feel like he would be kind of terrible. But in the setting that they're in, he's perfect, like you said. Oh, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts but, before I read what these guys have? The only other thought I would just genuinely have about the show mm-hmm. is how well the one team started uh, team X, I believe it was. Yes, X. started working with each other as soon as they got one goal. I really thought that when Isagai pointed out that it was, I'm saying that wrong. I think it's like a soggy. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's soggy. Yeah, the main character, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The main character. Um, when he saw that shift in them, when they got that one point, I was really rooting for him to just yell out at their team at team z and be like hey we need to pull it together look what they did you know he just was kind of frozen and his teammates just ended up arguing and that was like a real bummer so the one character so far that i disliked is the last ranking guy the like the monk the guy who's gonna be a monk if he doesn't yeah passes just for the fact that you can tell that he's the comic relief but he's not even like a good comic relief character like when he takes the ball from the two clearly better players and he's like yeah i'm gonna score because i'm the best and immediately loses the ball and it's just like why bro you're holding the team back you should you should have been the one that like was let go not the not the white or the blonde haired guy yeah i feel like even though he is, I know he's supposed to be comic relief, but I find him really annoying. Same. Like, everyone else is cool. I also do like how some of these characters look like other anime characters. Like, the red-haired guy straight up looks like the red-haired guy from Yu Yu Hakusho. I forget his name, and I forgot to look it up. I thought the... Oh, God. I forgot both of their names. So, the original guy with the... They do look a lot similar mm-hmm. to other characters. Mm-hmm. The guy with the monster inside of him. When I initially saw him, he reminded me of the character from Tokyo Revengers with the bell earring. Oh, the the big tall guy? No, he has the same hair colors, like the ye- the black and yellow. Oh, mm. And he wears a bell, and he was the guy that kicked Mikey's ass. Yeah, yeah. And I know there was another character that just reminded me of someone else, but I cannot remember it now. But um, overall... Did you like this anime? And then if you did, from a scale to 1 to 10, what would you give it and would you recommend? Episodes, yeah. I think I liked it. I'd give it like a 6. Okay. Um, That's not bad. I feel like That's it's progressing. Yeah. progressing kind of slow. Not that it's going to go super fast. I just feel like it's just it's just there. It's all right. I'd recommend it to people who are diehard sports anime fans. Yeah. I, I would not recommend it to I I give this like a solid seven and I would recommend this to to people who don't want to watch the same. Oh, yeah, guys, come on. If we work together, we'll make it to the end. So, we'll, yeah. So we'll read Cruz first and then Peralta because I have Cruz pulled up. So Cruz says he watched the four, four episodes by accident. And I got to say, getting a lot of Dragon Ball Z vibes from this. Soccer aside, the plot revolving around an entire group of sociopaths only concerned with beating the next best guy while screaming the whole time is big Goku energy. The reason that I accidentally watched the fourth episode is because it kicks ass and I just didn't realize how long I'd been watching it for. It was mad stupid but in the best way 8 out of 10 will continue to watch so Cruz has to say now that he points out the big Goku vibes I guess I can see it a little bit yeah I agree the yelling all the time it was kind of giving me like Asta from Fairytale oh, oh yeah I've never seen Fairytale but I've heard that 
dream. Uh, maybe not Goku, maybe more Vegeta, because Goku doesn't really care about being the best. He kind of knows he is. Vegeta's always the one that's like, I got to prove that I'm better than you. Yeah. And let's see. Peralta says, uh, Blue Lock, soccer seems to be a big thing each season. This had a comps, uh, had a concept of survive, survival, sur- God dang. survival hunger games. The first episode, all the best are invited and they fail. If they fail, they can never play soccer ever again might as well cut off the cut off on the leg and if the episode centered around team z and x i am intrigued with the players personalities the ranking system pins players against players on the same team while trying to play soccer i'll likely continue this once it's complete it's a 7 out of 10 for sports fanatics hopefully there's no dumb ball curving i think she's referencing like wanted or maybe another enemy that does that yeah i have no idea i don't know either I don't really she she watches the sports anime so maybe there's one that they start curving balls so moving on to the second one married but not lovers cool um so Basically, the show is about a group of high school students that have a marriage practical exam. And so they're paired up randomly with different classmates and they have to work together and pretend slash act like a married couple in order to earn points. So our main character, he's like a super shy guy, gets paired up with the popular Yaru girl, uh, Watanabe. And they originally are, they think it sucks because our main character, he wanted to get partnered up with Shihori, his childhood best friend, who's really shy and bad with guys. And Watanabe wanted to be paired up with Hinami, her super hot, cute, popular guy friend. So they both crisscrossed and got each other. And so their goal originally was to work together to become a married couple and then once you are at an A rank standing so you got a certain amount of points you can switch places with another A rank team so you can switch partners and um, it's a top 10 and so Watanabe and our main character whose name I forgot work really good together and then it's all history from there so what did your what are your thoughts on it so like the forced relationship tropes are like like you're stuck together mm-hmm. um i kind of like those and i was like oh this is exactly what this is going to be and it was exactly what it was going to be <laughs> and I, I still thought it was a really fun show i love uh watanabe's personality how she just acts like this super like rambunctious cool kid that doesn't really give any cares about anything that's going on and yet she really does care and when she like puts herself out there she gets flustered and then i personally think she's starting to fall for mr main character mm-hmm. um and i would like to see as much as i love um the main character and uh shiori i really really think that if the main character and watanabe were together it would be just like a power couple yeah so for me when i read the title i thought it was going to be like a weird three-way relationship where it's just like ah dang i married to you for like family reasons but you know we're not actually married so i was surprised that it's yeah it starts off you know with how you said it's a school program and then you know start things start going downhill uphill up and down i guess kind of makes me wish we had something like that here in the states because i believe japan does do that and i think south korea also does it's either south korea or china they do the same thing where you're 
at random, like, all right, you two uh, pretend to be of a couple for for a couple of months and, you know, we'll pay you some monies if it works out and uh, we'll pay for everything if you guys, you know, get a baby because, you know, I think it might, Japan has a problem with, you know, people not getting together because they're overworked. Uh, they find the stress of a relationship too much. So the decline of birth rates in Japan has gone down significant over the years to the point where the government is trying to incentivize people being like, hey, start having babies. We'll pay for this. We'll pay for that. So it's cool to see this uh, anime kind of go over that. And then at the same time, makes me wish we had that here because a lot of people around the <laughs> around the United States definitely need a course in how to talk to the opposite sex. I agree. I feel like if we had a class or something that would allow for us to experience and learn how to be with someone else, I feel like that would also reduce a lot of like just general like domestic violence that would be in different households because yeah. if you're like taught like okay this is what it would be like to be in a married relationship with someone you get to a learn how to do it yourself kind of and then b you get to learn how to talk to people and how it like affects you so mm-hmm yeah, I definitely feel that a lot of people need that extra help of like, this is how you talk to a girl or this is how you talk to a guy, you know, don't yeah. be weird. Don't say stuff that like has nothing to do with the conversation or don't bring up facts that, you know, they make sense if you're talking about a certain subject, but don't make sense when you're talking about like, hey, what do you like to do for fun? But yeah. uh, overall, I like this one. Uh, again, I was expecting a weird three way uh, love triangle, which I mean, there is sort of one there, but not. I don't know. It is there. But you can tell like as the episodes go on that the guy is kind of going towards more of uh, the pink haired girl. But then he didn't get to tell his uh, childhood sweetheart how he really felt. So like I always have a love hate really uh, relationship with these animes because it bothers me when it's like will they will they not i like the enemies where it's like i like you you like me that we're building the relationship from that point yeah because that was one of the things i didn't like about rent a girlfriend or um my dress up darling yeah i haven't seen my dress up darling yet but i have seen rent a girlfriend and i agree with I'm surprised you did not watch my dress up darling i thought for sure you would have seen that one because it deals with cosplay yeah, it's it's on the list. I'm more of a Attack on Titan, blow up zombies kind of oh. gal. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I liked it. Just like uh, my only complaint, just like most of these high school animes, it gets a little bit uncomfortable when they start sexualizing the characters because you know they're always yeah. under the age, and it's just like yeah, they're they're not real people, but it's still kind of it's like unnecessary. It's like come on, bro, forget it. Yeah. Either anime needs to stop doing that where it stops, you know, they 
keep trying to cross that line or just age the characters up if they were all in college you know one it doesn't make it feel gross when there's like a hella cleavage but then there's also more stuff you can do with it because you know you can be like yeah. oh this is how you interact when you know you're drinking or you know what should you do if uh someone comes on to you this way like there's more you can do when you age the characters up because then now you're not limited being like okay well they can only go do karaoke uh they can hang out and that's it because after that you know you can't really do much yeah. like you can't be like oh i'm gonna go have a drink with the boys or me and the girls are <laughs> gonna go clubbing you know because they're yeah underage so i feel like to age them up it would be a lot better but uh overall this one to me for me not liking these type of ones it's like yeah again another solid seven out of ten would recommend to uh, my friend vince and a couple of my other friends so far for me i feel like i kind of like it uh, besides the high school girl having mad cleavage mm-hmm. um i really think i feel like the character does like not design but like the character writing is really good i really like how they all interact with each other uh, i feel like the colors in the anime i really if um. something's like colorful and bright and those moments where they put the little sparkles across the my eyes are just like drawn to that so yeah. i really i really like that part of it also i probably i'm gonna finish it because now i can't leave myself on a cliffhanger yeah um, yeah yeah i feel like i i would recommend it to friends oh i gotta rate it uh eight out of ten i kind of like this one yeah now that i forgot to yeah the bring it the colors are very fucking nice i'm also a really big sucker for very colorful things like i know i'm supposed to be a man and i'm not supposed to like colorful shit but the brighter the colors like the more i'm drawn to it and the way in episode two where the like when the power goes out the way that depicted the that little um candle aroma thing it's like a weird thing but like oddly enough that is like the perfect way to depict like how a candle works and the like the scent that you get from a candle like just having like those little transparent flowers go everywhere she's like yeah that that fucking works to me then like now if i ever light a candle that's just all i'm gonna be thinking about peralta says married but not lovers marriage test in high school question mark the anime was borderline X-rated in terms of the limits it could push. Otherwise, it is interesting how to see people balance their emotional in realms of high school lovers. I find the practice exam idea actually good in theory, but clearly not for high school kids. So many things could go wrong. It's a slice of life for mature audiences. It is a 7 out of 10, but I am still not sure where they want this to go. Um, me and Peralta typically lean on the same side of it being really gross when uh they start to do the the sexual stuff with the kids in high school so not much to say from that cruz on the other hand says uh more than a married couple but not lovers right off the bat big dragon ball z vibes what this is just what? vegeta getting harassed by bulma into marriage i guess uh but for at least three episodes so if anything, it's already progressed faster than Dragon Ball Z ever did. That being said, the main guy's ability to be both simultaneously constantly horny while also being incredible, incredibly adept about anything romantic or intimate gives me a big Goku vibes. This show also makes me sad for my friends who have not yet known love and my shift between enjoying it and feeling sad made me feel like Kanye since he found out he has bipolar disorder except without the sick beats 
and the antisis uh, I can't I can never pronounce that word anti-semitism yeah no oh the God. yeah the the thing that he said um but overall I like it more than I thought I would the plot setup is dumb as fuck and the show doesn't really do anything new but it handles a lot of a lot of really well established tropes with incredible tack and precision I can't help but appreciate the effort the only thing it fails at in my opinion is that they make the popular girl air quotes popular girl so good of a character and the main guy's friend is so horribly bland that i don't really believe the will they won't they plot with them eight out of ten recommend to my therapist and not my friends because they might walk in front of a truck and wake up as magic swords that was an amazing review (laughs) uh he uh threw me off with the dragon ball z reference at first i'm not gonna lie i was like did he uh have a aneurysm and thought he was talking about the the blue lock one but uh i guess he's been watching a lot of dragon ball z lately because second time he just brought it up in a different review i was gonna say i was like everything's related to dragon ball (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i wouldn't say vegeta got bullied into marrying bulma if anything goku's the one that got bullied into marrying chi chi because uh vegeta like once i think you know they brought up like oh saiyans are attracted to strong women it you know it drives us to make better babies so bulma being bulma makes sense why vegeta would go for her while goku definitely got like bullied until being with chi chi yeah and uh the last anime do you want to do this or do you want me to do this one i can do it okay go for it all right i got reincarnated as a sword basically what it is about is there's this guy he dies l uh and he gets reincarnated into this magical world and goblins and dragons and cat girls and so he uh is reincarnated as a sword that is a very intelligent weapon so it's conscious basically mm-hmm. and he's got telepathy and like telekinesis so he moves himself around in the beginning very slowly because he's trying to build his level and he levels himself up this sword is now like built and so he finally like levels himself up enough and he goes outside of these ranges where these monsters are because he's like beating them all and he plants himself in the ground to kind of like get his bearings and he gets stuck well like 10 years later, luckily for him, some, like, random slave caravan that this poor little cat girl is in comes by, and they're getting chased by, like, this two-headed bear. And this uh, cat girl is a slave. She's got this collar on. She can't do anything if the masters, like, tell her, like, not to do it. They say stop. She has to stop. But they, like, went around, so she gets into communication with this sword through the mind telepathy. And they start fighting, and they're badasses. And the sword basically then, after defeating the bear and killing the slave owners, takes her to the town, and they get to join the Avengers Guild. And now they're, like, super strong together. So Yeah. This, um... I don't even remember where I've seen this. Cruz might remember, but this plot I have seen somewhere else. And like a D&D game, or it might have been a TikTok making the meme of it, but the concept of the weapon is the actual character and the 
character who you think would be the the main character is just the npc that carries the weapon around so really what sal could be referencing here is i mean soul edge from soul caliber uh reborn as a vending machine has a character who the main character is a vending machine witchblade the witchblade is the primary character there's the magic sword from the color of magic a kring who's also like a talking sword. And there's also the clothes and kill a kill is a similar thing. But what I'm pretty sure Sal is remembering is Kazadea from the Drizzt novels. It's like a D&D thing, but uh, the character Drizzt Dorden interacts with a talking sword and Sal being super into those novels. He's probably remembering that one. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's all I kept thinking about. And then I kept trying to remember like, was this an anime? Was this offset in an anime somewhere? Was this like an offhanded joke that someone's made before that I've heard? But that's all I kept yeah. thinking about because uh, occasionally me and Cruz have played D&D. And then when my brother let me borrow the Oculus, that's what I would do. I would go to VR chat and go into the D&D servers and just hang out in there. People real weird. They always make things real sexual. But that's not the point. Reincarnated as a sword? I fucking like this. But at the same time, I'm a huge sucker for fantasy isekais. Like anything light RPG is what it is called in like book form. Uh, Yeah. I'm always a sucker for it. Like no matter what, nine times out of ten, I'll end up liking it. It's rare for me not to like this genre just because... I play a lot of video games. I can understand where the characters come from, where it's just like, oh, I need to level up my stats so I can do this eventually. And to me, this one does it really well. The character, the sword, pretty sure he gets killed by Truck Chan, just like all the other main protagonists in any isekai. It's cool that he was doing his own shit for a while before the the girl had to come around to pick him up. And it makes me wonder if he just kind of like ran out of juice or if someone did something for him just to fall and not be able to get back up. But the character Fran, the little girl, she's pretty cool. I'm very glad they didn't try to do anything weird with her like they normally would have done. And this isn't like a happy-go-lucky anime. Uh, The sword does fuck up a lot of monsters and in episode 2, the girl herself cuts off people's legs, like their feet just clean off. Kind of a badass. Yeah. So, again, I like the darker tones and stuff. So, this anime has checked, like, all my boxes off. So, I'm going to give it over to you. That way you can describe more about it. Because if not, I'm just going to keep sucking it off. Yeah. I I really, I really like this one. I thought that Bran, her little cat girl, she's had to deal with so much just, like, bullshit. And it's so great that she can just finally, like, rely on something one the sword and i think it's great i love her character design i think that the fact that like even though she's a cat girl i know a lot of times when there's like a cat girl in anime they have a habit of like over sexualizing them and she's just like i think she's so perfect like perfectly drawn as a character her backstory makes sense mm-hmm. she is like really spirited and though like even though she's been through like tough times and she's really not had the best life she's willing to just work with this random sword that talks to her to make it better and she's persistent on pursuing her goal and i'm really glad that um our sword didn't get like too in over his head like too like overconfident like oh she 
pulled me out of the dirt and now I don't need anyone to uh, wield me. I can just fly away because, well, that would have ruined the plot. But yeah, I like the fact that he's like, oh, this is my purpose now. I feel like I'm supposed to follow this cat girl, which stand the cat girl. But yeah, I really like the way the two work together that like even though Fran, she's leveling up and she just might not be as strong at the moment that the sword can still like say incantations and stuff and get the different magic and such a good show yeah uh going off what you were saying i do like how they didn't make her like too sexy and i do also like that the sword respects her as an actual person he doesn't like he sees her as a girl but he doesn't see her as like a little girl he you know isn't trying to he's not thinking like dirty thoughts about her like at one point, he even says that um that he isn't gonna let any guy come near her because he named yeah. she named him teacher, and I, I do like the relationship they have. It does seem like it is gonna be like father daughter kind of thing, and I'm also curious to see why her species doesn't get allowed to evolve to the final stage because you get told that um you know it clearly looks like they can get to at least adulthood or young adult and then at whatever reason they just get cut down so i'm curious to see why that's the case because you can already kind of see that she has potential because i think she's like what 12 or something and she managed to beat that ogre guy with his help but you know the sword is only doing half of it she has to do the other half so clearly she does have skills to pay the bills i completely agree and uh, yeah, this one's a definitely like an 8 out of 10. I'm going to continue this. I would recommend this to anyone who likes fantasy isekais. I also do like how she's clearly referencing berserk guts. You know, she with the black cape, the big ass oversized sword for her size. You know, it's yeah. as close as you can get to being guts without straight up ripping him off. For sure, for sure. I I would agree. Uh, I'm also going to continue to watch this. I initially was like, oh, you got reincarnated as a sword. I was like, that sounds interesting. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this one like last. I, I had like very little hope for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Fran's character and the way she interacts with the sword has really just made me love it. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give it like a, a 9 out of 10. Dang. Eight and a half, nine out of 10. I really liked it. Yeah, uh, I love fantasy. So the fact that, you know, in this magical realm and you get to see all these different monsters, it's just really fun. And it's been, for the most part, besides like the slavery thing, lighthearted uh, after, you know, she's escaped. She's having a good time. She's with her sword. They've got a hotel room and she really likes it. He can cook, you know, it's been really like fun. So I would definitely recommend this to other people as well. Yeah, I also wonder if her name and the the kind of uh, animal hybrid that she is is uh, referencing Fran from Final Fantasy Twelve. Because there's another character in that also named Fran, but the big difference between the two is Fran is like seven foot tall bunny girl. But not like the traditional bunny girls, but she just like she just has like the long floppy ears, but she's still basically naked in Final Fantasy. But yeah, I like this one a lot. Yeah, it was really good. Cruz says reincarnated as a sword. A guy gets isekai by trunk coon, uh, which is just classic anime trope. And that's what immediately caught my attention. Hey, Kylie, you won't believe it, but he got a lot of Dragon Ball Z vibes from the, the main. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. 
God. <laughs> Got a lot of Dragon Ball Z vibes from the main sword guy. Just in a goofy way, he goes from being like, no, I'm the magic sword and now I'm a badass. So I need only the best to wield me to please just anybody love me. And that's hilarious. The way he jumps back and forth from being serious and ready for battle to being a big goofball gives off huge goku vibes and it's just great fun the cat girl is all right but i hate cat girls as a thing so she drops the show down to a six out of ten would recommend to that one cousin oh yeah i feel like i feel like i feel like he's trolling us with the whole goku thing i think he likes dragon ball z a little bit too much yeah just a little this is what peralta says reincarnated as sort a little bit of a of daily life in a rural area, magic, goblins, and moving up in ranks. It was cool, same story as many others, but with the cat girl and intelligent sword, nothing stood out to me in three episodes. The cat girl is trying to become stronger and the reincarnated sword is guiding her. It's cool, not for me. It's a six out of 10, Sal's cup of tea. So yeah, Peralta already knew that I was going to like this one because again, fantasy, isekais, just typically... The genre that I really enjoy when it comes to anime. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the the animes we were going to talk about. You know, thanks for finally being able to come on. I know most of it was on me since uh, I wanted to take a break for October. Uh, we were going at it for a while. And um, I mean, it worked out because both Cruz and Peralta did have stuff to do throughout October. So, eh, like it was cool that we took the month off but uh i'm glad to finally get you because i was trying to get you since crunchyroll back in august yeah august was crunchyroll was so and you're the first person to do it over the phone we were always or at least i was always hesitant about doing it over the phone because this is my show and you know kind of like being able to look over and see the person but you know it's always good to try new things is there anything you want to plug in before we skedaddle I had a lot of fun doing this, so thank you for inviting me. I'll plug I'll plug my Instagram. It's underscore K Y L I E underscore C O P E L A N D underscore. You can follow me. I post either college stuff, plane stuff, because I do aviation, or uh, cosplay stuff. So it's a wide variety. You never know what you're gonna get. If you like surprises, you should follow me. Other than that, I had a great time. Yeah, and are you gonna be at Crunchyroll or Fanime next year? I should be at Crunchyroll next year. I'm kind of planning on it. Okay. Well, if you are, I'll most likely see you there. All right. Thank you. And uh, everyone, follow us at Pod on Instagram. We have a Patreon if you want to donate just to get some early access to the episodes with as little editing as possible. Not completely unedited because sometimes I'm not making sense and I don't want you to listen to me stumble over my own words. But uh, other than that, thank you.